welcome. Today I will be taking a look at the concept of enlightenment and what the implications are for us as everyday inhabitants of these human bodies. So I never mean to be insensitive to anyone's beliefs in this podcast, but I will be talking from my own interpretations of what enlightenment means to me. And my interpretations don't always correspond with what is taught religiously or what others believe. If this doesn't land well with you, please disregard my statements and ideas. They're just my own interpretations. Because, of course, I am no authority on the matter. You, yourself, are the best authority on the matter for your own mind. Listen to yourself as your own most trusted teacher. So first we need to understand that enlightenment is a Western term that implies this huge appearance-changing transformation. And indeed, in Buddhist mythology, the Buddha was said to have undergone a physical transformation at the time of his enlightenment. What we need to remember is that these texts are texts. Steeped with culture, symbolism, heritage, art, and tradition. We can appreciate them and respect them, but I feel that they are not to be taken as dogmatic rules or perfect historical records. Buddha passed down his teachings through the word of mouth, and it wasn't until much later until he was long gone, that his teachings were written down. This process could have taken hundreds of years. Imagine writing something down, passed on from word of mouth from wise person to wise person. I imagine that as it was passed down by sages, they all had their own personal interpretations, and wisdom to add. Kind of like Lao Tzu, meaning old teacher from Taoism, is a conglomerate of many wise people over the ages. I think there's a chance for a little bit of that here. Buddhism can be appreciated as a philosophy and lived as a religion. To live religiously, we do not need to take all of the myths of Buddhism as actual accountings of what transpired. Beautiful stories, influenced by tradition, were often composed for teaching. So I would say that the same rules go for the idea of enlightenment. In Buddhism, one thing that we can be sure about are the teachings around impermanence. Life is always changing, always evolving, 
always dissolving. Time is not what we think it is. There is no future. There is no past. And the present moment cannot even be pinned down. There is no self for me to be or cling to. There is this continuity of habit patterns and this system of self that recognizes concepts. But that self is only ever a temporary agreement, an arrangement of biological systems that are continually in flux. Concepts can give us the illusion of constancy and permanence. But when we can see something for the concept in our minds, we can know that the concept is never the thing. Enlightenment is a beautiful concept, but there is no self to ever become enlightened. There is no future to be enlightened in, and there is no past in which to have been enlightened. What a relief. That takes some of the pressure off. So the word nibbana or nirvana means cooling or ceasing to burn. Buddha noticed that our minds are constantly caught in craving and the feeling that we are dissatisfied and never enough. This is how we evolved to stay alive. Our mammal ancestors and even our reptilian ancestors have been through hell in order to try to survive in a world of chaos and strife through the millennia. Only the neurotic, survival-prone creatures thrived. And that is the brain that we have inherited. But what a miracle. What a miracle it is to have a brain at all. Even though we have this evolutionary baggage that we carry. To be able to recognize this mysterious existence is an endless source of wonder and joy. This awareness. So if enlightenment is a cooling of the burning feeling of being dissatisfied, then yes, I suppose it is possible to develop habits that lead a soothing and calming of this neurotic brain that we have inherited. A brain that would be no longer at war with reality. To be enlightened is to be at peace. And I've been at peace before. Then the next day, I awaken to a new day, a new me a new string of moments.
in which peace is often not present. And that is reality. That's the reality in which we live. The past is gone and nowhere to be found ever again. Our memories are not the past. Our photographs are not the past. Our experiences of a peaceful mind are not the past. The past is nowhere, vanished. The term past is simply conceptual and has no substance. I've heard it said that there is no enlightenment, only enlightened action. That's kind of like what I tell my art students, that art cannot be a noun. It can only be a verb. When you're done making art, Whatever is left over is residue, the aesthetic surplus from an art-making experience. Art can only be known as a verb, just as enlightenment can only be achieved through action. Enlightenment is such an unfortunate word because it obscures the true meaning of the Dharma to obtain enlightenment sounds like something that happened to an individual when, in fact, to reach Nibbana, or to cool, means to have one's cravings have no weight. Once we feel satisfied, like we are enough, like we have enough, like we're safe, we're loved, when we feel whole, we become free, free from the need to put our wants above the needs of others. We can realize our interconnectedness and we can respond to situations from a non-self-centered kindness, disinterested in furthering our own game, disinterested in rising above the others. Thich Nhat Hanh calls this recognition of our interconnectedness interbeing. I think that's a pretty beautiful term. I'd venture to say that interbeing is enlightenment. It is the cooling of our own burning desires and the recognition of our wholeness and completion in one another, as a whole, together. But it doesn't stop there. Intellectually, we can know that we are matter that has happened upon consciousness. It's called metacognition. We know we are aware, and we can recognize in awe-inspired wonder this universe is us. We are more than just one another. We are the entire universe. We can even see ourselves as matter that sees itself as matter. A tiny piece of this universe, 
that can appreciate with awe the intensity of its own beauty. We can know that all intellectually, and that's pretty wonderful. But can we know this deep in our own hearts? Can we live and act from that knowing? Can we be the universe? Is there a way to embrace this chaotic, neurotic, mammal life as to be part of our understanding of our oneness with everything? Enlightenment is kindness, warmth, peace, interbeing, wholeness. It is the wholeness that we misconstrue as incompleteness. Our dissatisfaction is the barrier to our enlightenment. To be enlightened is to be content with imperfection or incompleteness. And of course, we must rediscover our wholeness through skillful practice, discipline, and remembering everything is impermanent, even enlightenment. But don't be discouraged. Impermanence doesn't mean we cannot all live enlightened lives. We can still realize our interbeing, but our concept of a permanent, enlightened future has to go. Each moment can be enlightened, but each moment will be different and uniquely itself, uniquely forged from the warm places in our own hearts. May we all know each other as ourselves. May we all remember to act with warmth and kindness. May we all know what it is to be whole. May our burning dissatisfaction cool. May we let go of the dream of permanency. May we share moment to moment interbeing.